But when you tell people they don't have to be at school at 7.30 to get graded on a math class they don't want to take, it is spectacular what happens, right? This is not genius at work. It's just simple, obvious release. So don't go to a place that makes you stressed and miserable and anxious. Don't be around a crowded scene that's too loud and chaotic and full of threats to you. You know, just manage your own life the way that you love to. Create your structure, find the places to go, Go work at a horse barn. Go, you know, read all of Shakespeare. Go be in your theater or your do your music or read all your books. You know, be as nerdy as you want to be on your own terms. And guess what? It'll be fine. Welcome to the Drew Perlman Show. Think of this podcast as the antidote to the fear, the noise, and the talking heads in the news. The show features an entertaining blend of ancient wisdom, empowering ideas, and cutting-edge, healthy living science to optimize your health and your life. All right, let's dive in and get started. Today's guest on the show is Ken Danford. Ken is the co-founder and executive director at North Star Self-Directed Learning for Teens in Sunderland, Massachusetts. He's been working intensively with teenagers and and their families since 1991. He's also the author of the book, Learning is Natural, School is Optional. Ken, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. All right, Ken. Well, you know, wanted to start with this. Once upon a time, you were actually an eighth grade U.S. history teacher in, in the public schools. And I'd love for you to just start by talking about teaching eighth grade and why you ultimately left to start your own self-directed learning program, North Star. Okay, I'd be glad to do that. I'm even going to back up and remind you that I was, in fact, a public school attendee for 13 years, K through 12, Shaker Heights, Ohio, and then became a public school teacher for six years, first in Prince George's County, Maryland, and then in Amherst, Massachusetts. Teaching was different than being a student. I had planned to become a reformer. I was in a graduate program at UMass to become a superintendent, principal, school reformer kind of fellow, and I just couldn't do it. Um, Over the years as a teacher, I decided ultimately that the problem was trying to get kids to do things they weren't interested in, and that somehow I was a failure if I didn't do that well enough, that I I was supposed to inspire them and spark them. And, you know, um, I don't really appreciate people doing that to me in my private life. You know, if I don't want to do something, I don't like people pushing me to do it and then telling me that they're going to judge me and that my future depends on how well I go along with their plan. And I ultimately decided this was more of actually some kind of human right or just like an injustice in the way of interacting with people to force them to do things they don't want to do and then tell them their future depends on it. So and it was also quite a conflict with the actual eighth grade U.S. history I was teaching about social justice and unions and strikes and fighting for your rights. And then I would tell them to sit down and shut up and do what I had to tell them. Um, (laughs) You know, so, you know, once one goes down that thought process that the problem with schooling isn't money or class size and that we see teens congregated by the hundreds or even the thousands at rock concerts quite civilly and organized in organized fashions, like it's not actually the numbers It's not actually teenagers it's trying to make people do things they don't want to do and that's true for adults as well as kids but people sabotage and resist and i finally got that insight and then i no longer could work in a place where people weren't coming to me by choice and so 
that's that's the short version of it. Um, and that's when I learned in 1996 about homeschooling for the first time, something I didn't really want to know about, something I thought was isolationist or withdrawal-oriented, um, selfish. Um, and then I found out it was this great community-minded, open-ended activity for people who just don't want to be corralled into schools all day. And then, of course, we decided we should make that lifestyle possible for anybody who wanted to use it. Absolutely. And, you know, it, I'm so interested and intrigued by the title of your book, Learning is Natural, School is Optional. And, and you know, Ken, as I was reading that, I mean, I'm just thinking like if there's some parent listening right now and they're like, oh, but my kid is just going to, you know, if school is optional, they're just going to sit on the couch all day and they're going to watch TV and play video games. You know, what would you say to someone like that? Well, the first thing I would say is uh, you might be right. You know, your kid better than I do. Um, what do your kids do over the summer? What do they do over the weekends? What do they do when they have free time? What are the chances if they did that, it would be more productive than you think, or else it would become more boring than you think, and it wouldn't last as long as you fear? I don't actually know that for your child, and I wouldn't pretend to know that. Uh, most human beings want to have interesting lives, and most kids don't really aspire to staying on the couch all that long. They aspire to stay on the couch in resistance to go into a place they don't want to go. But I'm not sure they really aspire to that uh, long. You know, I do know kids who aspire to be professional video gamers or TikTokers or whatever they think they can be through the video, you know, through the computer world. But, yeah, even that's a tiny handful of kids. What's what? The other serious question is, what do you think your kid's going to do at, when they're done with school at 18 years old? Are they going to have any initiative, any get up and go, any risk taking, any ability to declare interests and pursue them? And where and how are they developing those skills and resources to declare interests and pursue them? Maybe if they practice when they're 12 to 18, they're, by the time they're 18, they're going to be light years more mature than they would have been had they just bumbled along through school with your shepherding. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. And then and then what about um, what about college? Does someone to, to go on if they did want to go on to college? Could you do self-directed learning and still continue on, or do you need some kind of a diploma? This is the most misunderstood concept of just how simple it is to go to college. You know how easy it is to go to college, Drew, at, at you know, 15, 16 years old? Actually, at some community colleges, there's no lower age limit. You just go and sign up, <laughs> and maybe you have to take a placement test. And if you can't do the placement test, you have to do remedial, not college credit classes. But if... The 15-year-olds I know who are, you know, full of gusto, they sign up for photography or psychology or English or Spanish or sign language or dance or math or chemistry in the lab. And they do one or two classes a semester when they're 15 or 16. And if they keep doing that, if they like it and they keep doing it, uh, by the time they're 18 years old, they have a year's worth of college credits done. Presto Majesto, they're a year ahead of their cronies in high school, and they're saving all that money from freshman year in college because they can transfer on. Or they might even then decide to go to community college full-time for one year at, say, 17 or 18 and get the associate's degree and be two years ahead of their uh, cronies from high school. Um, there is no barrier to entry, and these kids who do community college instead of high school and don't have AP classes and don't have four years of all the things that high schools claim to make you get. Um, get into the same colleges. They get into Brown and Columbia and MIT, Amherst College and Smith and Mount Holyoke around here, um, and Hampshire College, of course, loves these kids. Um, there is no need to go to high school in order to go to college. 
It is simply a myth. There are some state universities that require a diploma. FAFSAs seem to require a diploma. The military, the Peace Corps seem to require a diploma. And for those people uncomfortable making a family homeschool diploma, because they think that's a little too far-fetched, our kids mostly get the GED or the high set, as it's called in Massachusetts. And you get the GED, you throw it in the drawer like a birth certificate. You show it when you yeah, when you need to. But your story is what gets you in. And the world loves people who have lived interesting lives. We've never seen anybody excluded from anything. This is just plain false and a myth to worry that if you don't do traditional high school and get a traditional high school diploma – uh, that you won't be able to go to college or get a decent job. Just it's just plain wrong. It's just not mm-hmm. factually based. You know, I can uh, what I love about this is, you know, there's just there's no one size fits all for anything. And I know you found when you were working as a teacher as well that, you know, a lot of a lot of students, a lot of young people just feel a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, a lot of mental health issues. So this might be a way to to deal with that, right? Right. We see, you know, maybe 30 to 40% of our kids come to North Star from some kind of really hard situation where they're not going to school regularly. Some of them have anxiety, depression, self-harm, mental health woes. Some of them are just angry and resistant and refuse to do what they perceive to be dumb school things any longer. Um, And, you know, when you say to a teen, okay, you then are in control of what you want to learn, how you want to learn it, with whom you want to learn it, when you're done learning it, what you want to do next. Uh, you still live in your parents' house, so you still have some house rules. Your parents are paying North Star money or other people money, so you know, you're know you still a youth who is somewhat dependent. You're not being put on a pe- – I'm not putting you on a pedestal to be a brat or you know a nuisance. Um, and I'm not here to say that you know your parents can't have any boundaries, requirements, needs, limits about – you know, what kind of learning you might include in your routine. But when you tell people they don't have to be at school at 730 to get graded on a math class they don't want to take, it is spectacular what happens, right? This is not genius at work. It's just simple, obvious release. So don't go to a place that makes you stressed and miserable and anxious. Don't be around a crowded scene that's too loud and chaotic and full of threats to you. You know, just Manage your own life the way that you love to. Create your structure. Find the places to go. Go work at a horse barn. Go, you know, read all of Shakespeare. Go be in your theater or your do your music or read all your books. You know, be as nerdy as you want to be on your own terms. And guess what? It'll be fine. That is that's not rocket science. Um, and it turns out to be true. Is what you know, is what we want. These same anxious struggling people to do as soon as they finish high school and graduate with their lousy diploma, with their lousy grades, or even their good grades, whatever they do, if they're not ready for, you know, they need to find a young adult life at 18, 19, 20 years old. Uh, We're just helping them practice that sooner at 14, 15, 16. And it turns out that's a pretty good idea. Hmm. You know, Ken, it just struck me that, you know, when we, when you put trust in someone, it's amazing what can what what someone can do. They, they they usually seem to rise to the occasion, and a lot of what what it sounds like you're you're talking about is just trusting in our children, trusting that they're intelligent, they're curious, they're you know there's a there's a wonderful human being in there. Um, it, it does this does a lot of this boil down to trust? Uh, basically, yes, absolutely. 
Um, and sometimes it's hard to have, you know, for parents, it often boils down to faith. You know, watching their kid rot on the couch, you know, getting bored with the video games when they first come out of school or something like that. You know, trust, faith. What is this nonsense? You know, someone should make my kid do something. You know, um, it's, it is – some kids are easier to trust than others, right? Um, I'm going to just flip that for for my own amusement, for, for my own sake here for 30 seconds. Um, it's also the opposite. It's also about not distrusting kids. Schools start with the assumption that kids are not trustworthy and that we must distrust them. We must be supervising them at all times. Kids can never be alone without an adult watching them. And that if we didn't make them, they would behave like morons, you know. Um, and if you eliminate that assumption, just stop distrusting people. Uh, maybe that is as powerful. You know, I mean, I bet you feel it sometimes in your personal life when you know people distrust you and are watching you. It makes you angry. It makes you like want to like do something just to get at them, you know, show that, you know, they can't, whatever. I mean, it's, it's annoying. Yeah. And so, and so I would say it is all about trust and that can be really hard. And it trust, as I say, merges into faith, but it's also about just, can we get to a balance point where it's not all about anything except asking people what they want to do with their lives and seeing if that can work for you too. And what are the parents actual needs and, you know, what are the kids wishes and desires? And can we just, can we just start there without too many labels and see if we can't uh, form that, you know, thing into some kind of routine and structure that works for everybody uh, without so many preset, uh, you know, assumptions. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it is there. As you said, there are so many assumptions like we just kind of assume, oh, my kid has to my kid has to go to school. My kid has to go to college. My kid has to go to high school to go to college to get a diploma. And, and as you're saying, a lot of this stuff, I mean, causes obviously tr could cause tremendous stress on a student, could cause tremendous stress on a family, parents. And yet, you know, as you're saying, a lot of this stress could be is totally unnecessary. Well, and what what I like to tell families is that you are still going to have stress. You can just stress about different things and, <laughs> dare I say, you know, the right things. So that if you have your kid who's no longer angry about school and you're trying to help them get C's, B's, and not D's, F's, or whatever you're trying to do when there's a lot of stress and bother in your family life about getting your kid out of bed and to school and going through and getting a reasonable GPA, and you drop that, sure – you're still the parent of a miserable, rotten, punky teenager who doesn't really want to listen to you or make you happy. And so there's still going to be some stress in your family's life. But now it can be about more genuinely concerning things that, you know, you're no longer trying to enforce what you may not even believe in as the assignments or the, you know, routines of the school. You're now fussing about the actual things that really matter to you as a parent, maybe getting out of the house every day, waking up at a reasonable time, having some exercise. I don't know what it is that you would, you know, reading a book now and again. Um, but you would now be having stress about real things. And so I, I don't mean to imply that stop going to school and life will be blissful and simple because that's not really how it works. But it becomes more uh, genuine, shall we say. You're not, you're not the, it takes parents out of the middle role of trying to uh, implement some random teacher's agenda that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know, Ken, as I was preparing for the, for our conversation today, I was also just thinking about 
how how vastly the world is changing right now, changing exponentially, and with um, you know digit digital technology and, and and I wonder to what extent whether you think I mean even the traditional models of education as things become more decentralized, um, whether even the traditional models of education really still work or 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 we need to create some kind of you know outside the box approach to really deal with the with the changing world that we're living in i want everybody to know that you don't have to go to school it's not that nobody should go to school or that schools need to be obliterated it's that yeah i wish schools could open up a little bit and relax and chill and not have all the testing and all the stress and bother that they have and that you know, if you read my book, I say, you know, at 16, the school should just say anybody who doesn't want us can just go get their GED and get on with life and get a job and community college will love you still. Um, yeah, I wish schools would lighten up a bit, but I'm not really here to like wholesale be the next, you know, burn the school kind of guy. I'm, I don't want to, if you like that story, I met a young woman yesterday who really wants a regular homeschool traditional school routine like a private online school that gives her assignments and all the regular stuff she just doesn't want to have to go to a school to do it she just wants to do it online at home and when i tell her about a freedom and create your own curriculum and all that stuff she looks at me overwhelmed and we finally decided it was kind of like the difference between um signing up to eat in a cafeteria where they just serve you the food and you go and you take it versus you know having the responsibility of you know going to the grocery store getting your food and, and cooking your own meals and she doesn't want all that responsibility and choice and freedom. She's fine with the cafeteria if she can get it all as takeout and not have to eat in the cafeteria. That's the part she hates. And so um, when we talk about the whole big picture, like people want different things. I don't have to want – everybody doesn't have to want my thing. Um, I just want there to be less stress and bother about not choosing the main one because it's really no big deal to opt out of the main one. And, you know, it's like in the summertime, kids don't go to a camp and they want to just have a loose time with family or friends or in the backyard or with their dog. We don't get all bent out of shape about it. You just let them be. Why can't we do that year round? You know, or even, the, you know, kids after school and on the weekends have different levels of, you know, busyness. Some kids like to be in you know, some families, you know, have their kids being super busy and some kids have lots of open ended nothingness time. Um, and we don't really judge each other for that. Why can't we just have that all the time? Mm. Ken, let me ask you uh, to take things in a bit of a different direction, and you can take this anywhere you want to, but if someone listening right now, whether young person, older person, somewhere in between, is feeling a little powerless, hopeless about their life and future, what might be one thing that you'd recommend that they could do today to begin to take their life in a new direction? Wow. Um... <laughs> Don't mean to put you on the spot, Ken. This is, um, but uh, if something comes to mind, this is uh, a question I usually ask most people to come on the show. Um, I would probably start with finding a confidant, finding a human being that you can speak to and tell them the truth about how you're feeling and experiencing your life and being able to speak it out loud and hear yourself say it and see someone else react to it and then being open to it just you know whatever response you can get i think that's probably the starting point is being able to say your truth out loud to a safe audience and just hear yourself say it and get you know some limited non-judgmental feedback about it um would be my wish for everybody um beyond that i don't have practical first steps for people good grief 
you know, I mean, there's there's too much unknown about, you know, people need to, whatever, other people's, there, there's too much unknown about everybody's situation for me to start telling people what to do. I just think being able to express yourself safely is, uh, is probably a starting point. Nice. Um, Ken, do you have any daily practices that you do every day to keep you feeling more grounded and peaceful? Huh. Well, that's a good question. I try to protect some private time uh, for myself outdoors. Like I play golf. I just did play nine holes this morning early. Um, I walk my dog. I, I try to keep some private time. That's not work, you know, because work can seep into everything. Um, I don't actually meditate, but I I, I sort of have um, some uh, basic computer game, you know, phone games that I play that are kind of um, puzzly that make me they're sort of um, spacious in my brain. Like I just do them and zone out for a few minutes. But I find a nice thing to do for myself. Um, challenging things. I, they, they use brain space, but it's just a different way of, um, it's closer to meditation than anything else. I think that I, I don't meditate though. Um, and, um, you know, those, that's kind of what I do. I try to carve out some private time for myself and then be able to zone out a little bit in that time. That's great. That's great, Ken. Um, yeah. if, if, if you had the opportunity, and again, this is another one I ask everyone, if you had the opportunity to travel back in time, say 40 years or so, uh, what words of wisdom would your current self share with your younger self? Wow. Um, <laughs> um, something more about patience, maybe something more about... Uh, friendships spending more time with friends i don't know that's a hard question good question that puts me right back sort of in my uh early high school years okay so someone listening right now what's the best way for people to learn more about you ken in your work oh well there's two important websites there's the north star website www.northstarteens.org and then um for myself, with the book, I have a personal website now with a blog and a whole bunch of other um, video articles. And this podcast will be there before long. And that's my name, www.kennethdanford.com. K-E-N-N-E-T-H-D-A-N-F-O-R-D. Kennethdanford.com. It's a personal website. So North Star and, and kennethdanford.com would be the place to go. Ken, it was great chatting with you today. Well, thanks for having me. Appreciate the audience. Appreciate the time. I be open to hearing from anybody who is listening. Thank you. Absolutely, Ken. Thank you for listening to The Drew Perlman Show. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. In the words of Mark Twain, 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than the things you did do. So throw off the bow lines, sail away from the safe harbor, and catch the trade winds in your sails. Explore, dream, discover, and stay well, everyone.